Welcome to Dry Clean Only, Conversations on Fashion and Style. I'm Kristen Cole, and this is episode 11, where I sit with Hilary Tamor, the creative director and founder of Kalina Strada, a New York-based brand with a strong cult following, known for its vibey, kaleidoscopic collection, commitment to eco-activism, social awareness, and self-expression. Hilary joins me today from her Chinatown studio in New York. You can shop Kalina Strada on her website, on Essence, Nordstrom, and in Gucci Vault. So here we are in April, and it's finally feeling almost like spring here in New York, which is pretty exciting. I think we're going to start seeing some really great expressive fashion out on the streets after this long pandemic winter finally wraps. I'm recording today from Spring Place in Tribeca and plan on attending an opening tonight at my husband's gallery, Broadway Gallery in Tribeca. They are showing painter Joe Nagogian, who has some incredible new work. So I'm excited to get out and see it in person. This week, everyone has been talking about the Oscars, of course, the slap, but beyond that, the fashion was, you know, really the only thing to tune in for. I went on YouTube to see some uh, red carpet moments co-hosted by designer Brandon Maxwell, who did a great job, uh, and to see the three women comedian hosts who are also funny. Amy Schumer's opening monologue was incredible. I watched it twice. I just love her and love her new show. Um, she looked really incredible in a long navy Trump bow dress by Oscar de la Renta. And that seemed very inspired by Elsa Schiaparelli, probably. Uh, Wanda Sykes wore a white tux, one of, one of a number of women who hit on the big trend of menswear and tuxedos at the Oscars. And the other host, Regina Hall, who was also so funny, wore a lovely dress by Vera Wang, had a flirty bit um, regarding COVID testing with some of Hollywood's leading men, including Timothy Chalamet, who was probably the best dressed person of the entire event. Uh, Kristen Stewart looked cool in her Chanel custom shorts suit. And Ariana DeBose wore a pantsuit tux gown hybrid thing by Valentino Haucouture. Uma Thurman and Zendaya also touched on the menswear trend in their looks of column skirts and white shirting, both kind of recalling Sharon Stone's iconic 90s Oscar look. Lady Gaga wore an amazing giant fluffy concoction by Rodarte. Beyonce in a nod to Venus and Serena Williams stunned in a tennis ball yellow David Korma dress during her performance and then later in Valentino Haute Couture also in a tennis ball yellow dress. Model Ashwa Abba wore an incredible cutout gown by one of my favorite emergings Christopher Esper and yeah lots of great fashion moments. Um, More important things happening this week, the Tom Ford Plastic Innovation Prize announced its eight finalists. This is such an exciting investment in biologically degradable plastic alternatives, which are the necessary next step beyond the standard biodegradables. Some of this product will be tested by early adopter brands like J. Crew, Nike, Stella McCartney, and of course, Tom Ford. You can read more on this on the CFDA's website and on Vogue Runway. And Decentraland, Uh, Their official Metaverse Fashion Week has concluded, uh, I think, to mixed reviews, but it had its own, it has, well, first of all, it has its own Fashion Week shorthand, MVFW, not to be confused with MFW, but the Metaverse Fashion Week showcased virtual stores and events, wearables, and runway shows. Uh, It seems everyone will be keeping their 
eye on this concept. And uh, finally, on to what we are here for, which is my conversation with Hilary Tamor of Kalina Strata, who I've not seen since before the pandemic when I used to stock her line. I used to sell a lot of her fashion to our cool kid clientele and staff, um, but also a crazy amount of her rhinestone reusable water bottles, which if you don't have, you should have, they're amazing. And she's definitely one of, you know, a small handful of designers to watch in the emerging sustainable fashion space. I'm very excited to share our conversation. And please mind the abrupt ending at a technical difficulty, which is the story of my life and our recording dropped in the last few minutes. Hello. Uh, hold on one second, I'm just grabbing a chair. No, all good. Oh my gosh, look at all those stars on the ground. Uh, how are you? Have you been? <laughs> Hi. Are you still in the same place I saw you a million years ago in Chinatown? We are. We're in a bigger oh. spot, but yeah, same building. Who is, who is this little love? Owie. Oh my God. What kind of dog is this? He's a blue Merle Pomeranian. Oh my God. He looks kind of, I have a Australian shepherd. He kind of has the same, he looks like a mini Aussie. Yeah. Except like. Yeah, he's got like a curly tail and stuff. Oh my god. Oh, he's so cute and little. Oh my god. It's my little smush. My dog works with me most days when I work from home. Well, Hillary, thanks for joining. Thanks so much, you know, for being on the pod. How have you been? Honestly, it's so busy. Yeah. I was yeah. just reading Harper's Bazaar, the New York paradigm shift and, you know, your whole thing. And I mean, not only is that such a phenomenal group of New York designers, but you look so much like Harley Mark from Puppets and Puppets. Yeah. Does everyone say I, um, this? Yeah, it's really you guys funny. You look like identical twins. Yeah. That's yeah, weird. we're like the same age too. It's pretty funny. That's really weird. I don't I don't know her and I, I like the line, but I don't know her. But maybe maybe it's different in person. But in that photo, you guys look kind of identical. No, I actually like put that streak in my hair too. Because I was like, they're going to put me in there right next to Carly. And I look exactly like... Yeah. But I know Carly like does not dress like me at all. So it's yeah, like, no, very different, different style, but you could be like very, you know, different personality, identical twins. Okay. So I wanted to jump into um, just, you know, a few topics, obviously around sustainability and eco-activism, starting with fashion weeks. Um, I mean, I've been to a number of your presentations and shows. They're always very creative, lots of different formats. Can you tell me a little bit about the Kalinas and, and how this came about? If if you were trying to do something digital in a sustainable way or more just for the entertainment value? Cause it was very funny. Um, yeah, I felt like this season was maybe going to be almost felt like maybe our last season to do something in that digital space. And I feel like the brand really excels in that level. Mm -hmm. um, for sure. I really love the Charlie and I together, like as a team, like we're perfectionists. So we really love the ability to edit yeah. <laughs> something in or out or like make yeah. it our own in this crazy way. Um, yeah. Honestly, God, for like three weeks, I was like texting every editor. I'm like, who's doing what? What's going on? Do I show in person? Do I show in this? And I was like, actually, I'm just going to do. We had two options, two ideas and spaces on hold yeah. to go or runway last yeah. minute. And with like Omicron, I just felt like maybe 
you know, by that time it was over, but like by the time you were shooting and stuff, I don't know. Yeah. I felt whatever it was. I thought the concept we had for the Kalinas, AKA the Hills was very mm-hmm. strong. So mm-hmm. I was like, I think I'm going to go down this route and just take the chance. And yes, like we didn't get a ton of, we still got roundups and it's still like what we didn't do a runway show, which definitely doesn't give you as much press. Yeah. But we got so much press from the show. Yeah. And I think like, you know, we got a whole page in the New York Times. It was funny. It was really funny. It was really well written and really funny. I, I enjoyed it very much. Um, do you feel like there, there's always all of these different ideas about, you know, what fashion will become? And, you know, people say over and over, you know, fashion and entertainment are really merging. Was this in any way intentional to go down that that route, kind of with gaming and all of that? Yeah, well, I feel like with Kalina, um, in this space during, you know, COVID and everything, I was really able to show our different, like the fact that together, Charlie and I are actually just artists and the fact that we can have and kind of like dip our toes in all different types of media was really interesting to me Mm -hmm. and to utilize that time and that openness to everyone on the internet being open to different concepts and I feel like I could really like play our strengths and just honestly experiment with the possibility Mm -hmm. of being able to do different types of media to present a fashion collection, which I thought was interesting. It is like such a new experience and also one of a kind thing, like how many brands have done a video game, a reality TV show, like to this point where like Anna Wintour came to our show and it was just a screening in a movie theater and you're like, and Anna's there and you're like, she went to three shows, I guess, Michael Kors, me and Carolina Herrera. So it was a very um, strong list. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Similar. No, it's really good. It's very, yeah, it's very experimental and, and probably right where you need to be. Do you have any ideas um, on, this is obviously a huge topic in the fashion industry, how fashion weeks can be more sustainable? I mean, obviously people buy offsets and people do, you know, but are, are there any bigger ideas that are not being discussed to, they're a necessary part of the business still somehow, right? Yeah, of course. And I mean, there's every city for fashion week is a different problem or maybe solution to that concept um because they all have their situations like milan like everything's on the outside of milan everyone's taking taxis and yeah patients a nightmare and it's always you know on strike yeah (laughs) yeah um but yeah paris too (laughs) um but paris i find the trains to be I don't yeah. know, it's Milan. I just, yeah. But New York, I feel like, you know, I've been here so long. I was actually like, I snuck into my first fashion week in the tents. Me too, Brad yeah. Park, yeah. I feel like to have a centralized location like that is really, honestly, the most, way, like the easiest way to make it more sustainable, I even totally though designers agree. will never follow that, follow that concept or like be on board. But the tent, you got a white space, you had it, seating was already there. You're not trucking around seating around the whole city the editors were there you went to one space you didn't have to go in a taxi from show to show totally you could just like hang out in the lounge between the shows no and it was go so to nice the next- and it was a more kind of chic venue so for a you know kind of place making point it also it just felt so much more chic than the way everyone schleps around now and I mean I'm at spring studios right now but you know this uh, environment is different and well spring it's so complicated because it takes forever to get in the elevators versus like it's a nightmare to get all those people up to one show and in COVID I was like I can't yeah. 
but the tents you just walked up the stairs Mm -hmm. it was really chic it was really nice even lincoln center was kind of amazing although it was so far uptown it was you know a little bit tough but it at least was a very um chic central environment but that the problem with lincoln center too i don't know the cost of a show was astronomical oh Oh, that makes Um, sense that makes sense. so only like really big brands could do it i think unless it was being spot quotes um so but yeah i do think centralized location renting like not having these huge sets we have these huge sets and then where where do they go i know and i always think about that and it's funny because we the one show we did the farmer's market show in the park thanks yeah it's a good show we had all these fruits and vegetables donated to us from misfits that were like ugly fruit right um i remember i took some to my apartment and i was like i'm gonna eat this for the next few days like i took like a handful of apples or something and it was great yeah and it was funny because we were getting tagged people would be like the meal I made with the Kalina Strata vegetables or fruit was so cute and these like people were really creative and like utilizing all the food waste as well like one person like cold picnic made like um pesto out of the carrot tops that's amazing I I love that and they like sent me a little jar of the pesto that they made that's really (laughs) sweet sweet. but anyways make my point um my florist birch floral Brittany Mm -hmm. was texting me the night before and she's like I'm with this brand. They're going to throw away, and I'm not going to say who the brand is. They're going to throw away 1,800 oranges because it doesn't fit in their color palette. And I, she goes, do you want them? And I'm like, yes, I'll take them because ne- the next day was the farmer's market show where that's why we had so much citrus. It was saw so there was fun. like three tables of because it was literally garbage from another brand set. That's that makes me sad. That's kind of crazy. It makes me so sad. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that we got to use it. And like, I had the connections to where it didn't. She's like, they're literally going to put it on the street right now. That's... And I'm just like, that's so wild. Very concerning. That all this money is being spent on set, bought all this food, perishable food that is going to be like, oh, and I just decided I don't like orange today. It's like, exactly. well, then maybe you shouldn't have ordered 1,800 oranges. So gross. Oh, my God. It's point being, I think it's more about being a little bit more thoughtful in your set choices. Yeah. I think this, one of the strengths, biggest strengths you can have as a designer is making choices and, like, sticking to your decisions and not being wasteful and, like, the day before me, like, actually, the whole collection needs to be read. Like, being That's confident so in your choices ahead of time. Yeah is really like the biggest waste and fashion is just like that they're like actually I'm inspired by this it's a little color. little like, well, petulant yeah well and also I felt show and a, and a lot of your shows you know they're doing the double duty of you know yes you know hitting some sustainable notes um in the production but also in the messaging and the influence right you know it's like reminding people that farmers markets are cool and good and you know just that yeah. kind of soft messaging that does influence of course and like now you know like our show on Brooklyn Grange which was like the biggest roof farm rooftop in the boroughs okay. um we like gave you everyone who was seating at the show was given like a formal letter that we did all this research on with lawyers and stuff to give to your landlord to perhaps build a green roof Oh, that's incredible. so it's like this is like the tax deductions you'll get. And this is like I would love to propose a green roof. And like, you know, if we got one green roof from that letter, then that's a huge success for us. Like if we were able to help 
other people build green spaces. Just that's sharing the information. Yeah, that's yeah. incredible. Wow, I love that. Tell me a little bit about the Orr Foundation, because I know you do a lot of, obviously, upcycling in your collection. The Orr Foundation. Yeah, so that's Liz and Branson. Actually, Charlie's in Ghana with them right now. They're just developing, like, how to monsoon markets. You know, it's, we send millions of, of pounds of waste-like loose t-shirts, like, oh, I ran the charity fund, um, like, old clothes, like, all the clothes that you think got sent to Goodwill that in and so or they was sitting in goodwill and just never sold millions of pounds and it's just this huge huge system and now all of those clothes are filling the oceans right because there's so much so much traffic of how much is being put in kind of like um what's happening in the atacama desert as well and so it's just destroying their ecosystem essentially and so they're just there trying to clean up the mess and so I try to they can really use the funds right to help do the correct thing with them and so they're trying to build a recycling I think they have started building recycling centers and I think they need bigger bigger opportunities for that instead of the clothes being trashed afterwards they get put into the recycling center and get made into shoddy and then it becomes a circular economy rather than it just ending there with trash getting made into new textiles well shoddy so it'll be like um insulation essentially i read i don't know if you read that book um unraveled by maxine beda i haven't read it but i've heard a lot about it it's I, i it was just you know one of many books I read about the fashion, you know, kind of emergency or sustainability crisis, but there is a whole chapter on, on that area. Yeah. Pretty shocking. I had no idea that so many pieces from around the world were traveling there. Yeah. I think it's the first or second largest market in the world for that. It's pretty, Um, pretty also just like the way it has created this like horrible version of capitalism amongst you know, children working in the markets and teenage orphans. And it's really sad. So yeah, Liz is doing a ton of great things there. And I'm just happy to promote her work as much as possible. What we sell with them is um, basically Liz helps me capture a bunch of the white single-use teas before they um, get sent Ghana. So we stop them in America. So we get these pallets of t-shirts and then we repurpose them and we re-dye them and cut them up. And it's a long process of yeah. to make the t-shirt like out yeah. of other used t-shirts is so much more labor than you could ever imagine, but like so worth it and yeah. so rewarding to work with them, but it's harder. And then yeah. everyone's like, oh, this is so expensive. And you're like, yeah, one of a I'm, kind, like, right? I'm literally hand cutting. That's incredible. They're not one of a kind because we created a way to dye them all and okay. like use them. And like we create new patterns. So like okay. we actually cut up the t-shirts and then create this new pattern. So it, it looks quite similar to like a hand dyed, like there'll be hand dyed variations, obviously. Got it. Um, and then we give um, a portion of proceeds to them. Very cool. And that's all on your website under the Or Foundation. I think, so. yeah, if it's updated. I think so. <laughs> I think so. I, Cause I was reading yeah. about it. Yeah. I think it's all there. Yeah. Um, two more questions for you. One about the Gucci vault, you know, concept space. How is, how did that come about? How, how is that going for you? Um, it's great. They're so lovely. Um, I just got a random email from them actually. They just like asked me to be a part of um, Gucci Fest, which happened November 2020 or 21. Okay. 2020, I think. Um, and 
we did a that's where we were able to fund the video game with them well, those so they my were my last huge, two questions like, about Gucci Vault and Kalina Land so that's perfect yeah um so we'll they basically gave me a budget to do a show and meanwhile just come off doing the spring um changes cute show which was our first little show in the base of COVID and we basically just we're working with this big game designer, Jefferson Wenzel, who was like creating these 3D imagery worlds for us. Mm-hmm. And he was actually showing while we were doing the, the show with Charlie, he was like, this is actually a video game, we created these worlds in this video game context. And we could just create people to run around, have a video game. So the, half the work was already there. Of course, we changed all the worlds we created and made new ones, but like, the idea was that we could create a video game from past work and land that we had already created. So that was essentially the basis for Kalina Land. And Gucci helped fund that process, which was probably the hardest thing to do was create a video game. Yeah. Um, Charlie. I have done it without Charlie or Jefferson. Jefferson, basically every like avocado or carrot or tomato you see in the space of Kalina Land it's like a physics formula of how heavy it is. Can it be moved? Can it be picked up? And everything has like a mathematical equation behind it. Oh, which I love is that. That's super and nerdy. I love that. I have to, um, I haven't played one yet, but I want to, and I see they're on your site and you can buy them for $5. I'm going to buy one and play it with my son. Cause my son is 11 and he's into gaming. Like I, I don't really do so much yeah. of that, but he plays Roblox yeah. and Minecraft and all of that. So I feel like I'm going to like play it with him and he'll tell me what's great about it. Go maybe try the farm world and the desert world. I feel like are the easiest to stop playing because they're quite hard, actually yeah. difficult. Amazing. But I think the farm world has the most gadgets and stuff. in. It. Yeah, the farm world. Um, that's actually the one I, I wanted to do. I thought it looked kind of cool. And so with Gucci Vault, we just we were like one first designers that they like blasted for that and it's just been a process there it's still gonna it's always gonna be different now um which is interesting I like the concept of that and I just love the fact that they've been such a supportive brand to me like now they've like taken me to two of their main shows and they're so sweet and they actually like funded me to go to the Met Gala without them I've never gotten to that's cool um so supportive of young talent yeah. And it's just pretty, it's really refreshing to see how open and welcoming they are to like being in part of their realm. Yeah. Um, which I'm, Into real I collaboration. Never thought, but also like real support. It's not just like, oh, I got to meet him, Alessandro yeah. or whatever. It's like, they're, they're like, oh, you have a thing in the Met. Come to the Gucci party in the Hamptons and meet the publicist and see if you, like, we'll, we'll take, you can you're sit like at our table. Trying to make real connections like, and. Yeah. That's and nice. it just felt, it feels really refreshing and really genuine yeah. um, to be a part of their team. And it's not, yes, it's a corporation, but genuinely good people. And that's rare in this industry at totally. that level. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And it's, and it's also really well curated, you know, when you're in that vault experience, I, I mean, I really like, you know, that very short list of brands that are selected, the Gucci vintage, you know, I, would love to see them do much more with that but you know it's it's a nice curation it's a good experience they do such a good job and they like fund it correctly and it doesn't feel like 
half thought about. Yeah. It's really well, well yeah. thought through. It is essentially, you know, they do so much business with the real world. It is essentially the whole platform is just Gucci vintage. And then they're just putting some fun people along for the ride, which is so smart and such mm-hmm. a yeah. business concept. Like that. Maybe when I when I went through their vintage assortment, it was uh, really tight. So maybe it's not populating or something. It spells out really fast. Oh, really? All the new drop. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this it's, can't like possibly be updated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Very so cool. like every season they shoot a certain amount of vintage pieces or I don't know how often they shoot vintage. It sells like immediately. Well, I have, a, I have another question. I'm just curious what your thoughts are because you're in this, you know, sustainable space. I'm taking a class at Columbia right now on climate studies and, you know, it's obviously super depressing because it's a pretty macro class. But, you know, I've been kind of going through all sorts of things and, and cryptocurrency and bitcoins. And like, what do you think about, you know, the the sustainable, you know, side effects in terms of like all the energy use with, with NFTs and bitcoins? Like, have you started to unpack that at all? Oh, I've done a ton of research on it. I think it's not looking great. Um, yeah, it's concerning. Did you read the article way... in the Times last week? It was uh, Bitcoin miners want to recast themselves as eco-friendly. I don't know if you read that, but it was a pretty. It's good. It was. It was. A, it was like last week in the Times, but it was a pretty generalized, um, you know, overview of what's happening with 